Good morning, church. It's so glad to have you here with us today. And we're so excited that you've joined us. Amen. This is a big step. Wow. And it's very exciting. And so let's all stand. And uh, we're welcoming people on our line, online service also. Some people are watching us online. So we're glad to have everybody here. Amen. Praise God. To be together, to mingle our voices together in prayer and praise. And, uh, you know, our praise is a powerful weapon. It's absolutely powerful. And uh, a lot of times we don't think that. We just think we're singing little Jesus songs and uh, to the little birds and everything. But actually, the Bible tells us in Psalms, it says that our, that our weapons of war are, pra- are our praises. And a lot of times when they would go out in battle in the Old Testament, you'd see that they would actually uh, send the praisers out first and that because of their praises, God would turn that battle uh, around for them and they would receive the victory. So our praises are really very important. The enemy, you know, he tempted Jesus, wanted Jesus to bow down and worship him. He wants us to focus on him, what he's doing, what he's, his plans, his operation. But when we start praising God, focusing on him, praising him, letting our voice be heard in heaven, I tell you, the enemy hates that. He does not want that to happen. So don't let anything hinder you today. No matter how you want to do it, how you want to praise today, just the first thing is always, I try to picture the throne of God. God's up there on the throne. And I I just picture myself going there into the throne room and just letting God hear my praise. Amen? So exciting. And so he wants to hear your praise this morning. And the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. And so that means he shows up. And that's why a lot of times in praise services, as we're starting to praise, all of a sudden you'll feel the atmosphere in the room will start to shift and there'll be a sense of a presence that comes into the room and that's God's presence. And that's a good time for you to hear what God is saying. Uh, It's a good time to be refreshed, to be renewed, to, to let peace and joy begin to flood your soul. It's an awesome time. I can't tell you how many times praise services I mean, countless times, praise services has radically changed my disposition. I'm not kidding you, because I thought it's just, it's just awesome. So you get an opportunity. This is why Jesus came, I, at least one of the main reasons he came, so that you and him could have a personal moment together today as we begin to praise him. And so first thing, just focus on him. I use my imagination. I, I picture him receiving my praise and I, I, I try to uh, watch my, my mind so it doesn't go well. Afterwards, we're having hot dogs and donuts. I, I try not to let my mind wander, but I just focus on him. And just when I sing, I don't just sing to, I'm not singing to Gina over here. I'm, I'm singing to, to the Lord. I'm letting God hear my voice. Amen? Yes. That's my little pep talk. Thought maybe you forgot about why we praise God. So I should give you a little pep talk this morning so that you remember why. And you'll get a lot out of this praise time uh, just by your focus and by, uh, by, by directing your praise to God. So let me just pray. Lord, thank you that we can gather. We are so excited about you, Jesus, that you are everything that we need, Lord. You are, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are our all sufficient one, El Shaddai, our all sufficient one. And Lord, today we just turn and we look to you We just focus on you. We set our attention, our affection on you today. And we just trust you today that you're going to show up in a big way in this service. 
and that we are going to experience another Pentecost. Hallelujah. We just thank you for that. Thank you for bringing these people here safely. Thank you for keeping them safe. Your hands upon them. We know that, Lord, because you love them. They're, they're the apple of your eye. And so, Lord, receive our praise as we enter in today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. It's already been done. You can't add to his blood. It was once for all the Father gave his Son. Forever we are changed by the miracle of grace. Throughout history, the Father's light remains. Praises rise endlessly. We lay our lives before. who is his love will always be the hope for all eternity
who reigns without contention, whose power can't be questioned or contained, with humble faith. Oh, he rules the earth and heavens, his glory knows no measure or refrain.
You know, I, I just keep thinking of the most amazing gift sometimes that God has given us. And it's that any person, no matter where they're at, no matter what they see, no matter what they're experiencing, they can find rest, peace, and hope inside their soul. Inside, they can have a totally different world than what they see on the outside. And I, I feel this morning that there are these seeds being planted in each of our hearts that cannot be destroyed and they're seeds of hope, they're seeds of faith, seeds of peace. They're seeds that cannot be destroyed because God is planting them there. And if you allow that to be planted in your heart this morning, it's like you're seeing a city in chaos, a city going up in flames. But inside, it's like 
imagining a tree or all these trees planted by a river and it's peaceful and it's just flourishing and it's full. And so whether you're a happy camper or not, whether you like camping, being outside or not, there's something really refreshing about taking a, taking a seat by a river, in the trees, whatever. And so this morning, I just I thank you, Lord, that in any place and in any situation, God, you deposit hope in our hearts and in our souls that we can have a living, breathing, hopeful state of being in our souls no matter what. And so, God, as you're, as you're doing that this morning, we have faith that as it happens on the inside, we see it on the outside as well. And so, God, help us to see and help us to feel that the way that you do. Hallelujah. How many people need that this morning? I need that, and we all need that. Everybody in this world needs that. And so, God, I just thank you for having your eye on the world, having your eye on us. Hallelujah. And as we, as we see Jesus sitting on the throne, we just lift up praise to you this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for sitting on the throne. Amen. Before we take our seats, I'd, I'd like to dismiss the youth at this point. Um, you can meet me at the patio door. We're going to head outside for the service. And I'd like to invite Lauren to do our next part here. Good morning, church. If you're in the building, say hi to somebody. It's a good day. <laughs> The family is together. If you're joining us online this morning, good morning. We're with you in our hearts as you're with us online. Um, it's a good day. Just welcome to everybody here. You know, our church family, we've got a few things going on today. I um, just want to make mention, um, there's some celebrations we missed, but Mr. and Mrs. Hogginson Buck are in the house today. Hello, Callie. Hello, Garrett. We also have a couple graduates I just want to make notice. Um, there's Emma Schmidt and there's Kylie. She's right standing in the back. Kylie, wave at us today. Let's just congratulate Kylie. What an awesome day to be graduating. <laughs> That's awesome. And then um, just one piece of sad news. Magda has joined us, joined us this winter. You've seen Minnesota at its finest and its weirdest. But she's going to be going home in a couple days. And so just if you catch her before she leaves, make sure to just say hello and bless her as she goes. Remember, everywhere you go, Jesus is with you. It's a good thing. Um, this morning, I've got the privilege of giving our tithes, or taking our tithes and offerings this morning. So as you're preparing, there's going to be ushers. If you need an envelope, if you're giving cash this morning, um, raise a hand and those ushers will serve you. If you're making a check this morning, it's to Destiny Church. Online, if you're giving, you can send that right to the church at 27871 140th Avenue, Ashby, Minnesota. There's going to be a giving screen popping up here. Also, if you're texting to give, we have a multitude of options. Um, you know, I was reminded of something. This morning I woke up and I heard the question, the Lord is asking me the question, uh, but do you have hope? 
It was kind of a shaky question, or, or a shaking question. It was kind of an echoey question. You, one of the, you know one of those where God just kind of asks you something, and it rings, and it kind of bumps around in your heart, touching every little area. And this morning, um, as Neil was saying, I think there's hope in this place to grab hold to it, but a supernatural hope for his kingdom on the earth. And so I just want to encourage you with that. There's another thing that came to mind this morning, which I don't know if this is, whatever. I'm just going to march, march bold and brave. So when I was giving, I saw my parents be really faithful to train us to give. They were really faithful to, incur, or to, to teach us. I was about to say, learn me. That wasn't right. No. Mm-mm. Whoa. <laughs> they were really faithful to teach us that no area of your life is off limits when it comes to giving something to God. Every aspect, whether it's, you know, your heart in its entirety, your, your body in its entirety, your mind in its entirety, your, all your days, your destiny, your finances, your health, it's all given unto him. And because it's given unto him, there's a partnership with that, that he comes and he brings his life and touches yours, which is a good thing, isn't it? But as I was young, I remember, um, I don't know how in the world I got money, whether it was chores or just wound it up in my hand. Maybe they were just giving me the opportunity to practice. But there was an offering bucket um, in the back of the church that we attended at that time, or not even a bucket. It was a wooden box with a slat on the top. And, right? And and I remember going and I remember giving uh, my quarter or my dollar or whatever it was. And there was... um, I don't know, God just reminded me of this today, but there was such a purity in that moment because I didn't even think about where that money went after it went in that slat. Like, I didn't even know. (laughs) I didn't even know what that was used for. All I knew is that when I gave that to the Lord, which he'd asked me to do because he wanted to partner with me, that he had it. And that's all I had to think about. And it didn't matter. I mean, I think I... (laughs) Guys, this is a little embarrassing, honestly, to tell. But I think I was advanced in my teenage years before I realized that those finances go to spreading the gospel on the earth. They go to serving the in our, or people in our community, to, um, you know, maintaining the church, that this could be a place that we could come. All the things that that money is used for, I didn't even think about it until I was a teenager because there was just such a purity in bringing that to the Lord and putting that in his hands and walking away and knowing he was on my side. And this morning, I just, I don't even know why that that was the thought, but there's a purity when we give. We're literally just putting our hand in his and going, let's go. And it means that whatever area of your life that you're partnering with him, he can move with you and through you and, and he can trust you as you partner with him. Um, and so as you're giving today, we've got a little bit of a different setup. I saw these buckets, and maybe that's what, what triggered it. Um, there's buckets all around this room. We're not going to be passing them throughout our, our seats today, but you'll have the opportunity to walk up to the Lord and say, it's yours, and my hand is in yours now. So I wanted to just give that this morning. There's also another scripture verse that came to mind it's just about the purity that comes from his presence. But in Psalms 90, or 73, it's David, and he's talking about the chaos surrounding him at the moment, the confusion and the things he didn't quite understand. But it says um, in verse 17, But then one day I was brought into the sanctuaries of God, and in the light of glory my distorted perspective vanished. And then I understood. 
There's some clarity that comes when we walk into the presence of the Lord. There's some clarity that comes when we just lay our offerings down, whatever that may be for you, finances or otherwise. There's some clarity that comes that says, oh, that's right. I'm not shaken by the things that shake the world. Um, uh, my, my destiny is not contingent upon what's going on out there. So that's a good word today, isn't it? <laughs> um, let's just agree in prayer this morning. So Father, I just thank you that we can come into the clarity of your presence. And I just ask that our eyes would be open to see how you see. And I thank you that as we give this morning, it's as simple as putting our hand in yours and saying, let's go, let's do this thing, and you can have every little piece of it. And so this morning, I just speak blessing upon your people today. I speak peace upon your people today, comfort and hope and strength and encouragement this morning. I just thank you for the encouragement that comes when we walk into the, the presence of you, that when we come into the presence of each other, that you've made us a family, and, and that's a beautiful thing. So we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, bless every act of surrender and partnership today. Amen. Amen. We're going to move on with our service. So this morning, just get your Bibles ready, and Pastor Steve's going to come on up here. They're going to put that giving screen up if they already haven't. And be blessed. God's good, amen? amen. So if you want to give, um, just go ahead. The buckets are up here or the buckets in the back. Just let you do that. One more thing. Um, while you're giving, uh, going to give, um, I got my, uh, my oldest son and his lovely wife here and their family. So glad to have them here. And, and I have a new granddaughter. Uh, her name is Vivian, or Viv. Vivi Joy. So we're so glad to have you guys here. It's awesome. I keep being really nice to them, hoping they'll move this way. So that's the strategy. I just want you to know that. Be real nice to them so they'll move this way. So anyways, so don't anybody be mean to them so they go, I'm not moving there. That's crazy, crazy people. Amen. Um, before we go any further in the service, I want to do one more thing. Um, how many know that our nation is really going through it? And not just, um, you know, we, first we, we were struggling with this virus deal. And then now they have, um, we have a bunch of unrest in different uh, cities and stuff. And um, I just want us to pray. Uh, and you remember last few weeks, um, if, you, if you've been listening online, I've been talking about speaking. And, uh, and I took it out of Zechariah where Zechariah, he, he spoke to the mountain. Oh, mountain, you're going to move. And then uh, he spoke blessing to the temple. Grace, spoke grace, grace to the temple. And that principle is so powerful in Scripture, is that we speak against what the enemy is doing and trying to do, and we speak blessing over what God is doing. And Jesus picked that up in in Mark 11, when he said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, it's the same terminology that was used in Zechariah. Whoever say to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. And so Jesus talked about that. He talked about, and if you follow his ministry very closely, he talked, he spoke to things. He spoke to demons. He spoke to storms. He spoke to, um, he even spoke to cities. He'd say, woe unto you, uh, Bethsaida, he, I mean, he spoke, uh, he did a lot of speaking to things, and he, he spoke to the fig tree, and he told us to speak to mountains, 
And so um, it's not like, what a craziness is this? You know, now, now they're talking to things, you know. But um, we always, if you think about it, we do talk to things. We call this car a stupid car. We call this thing that doesn't work a stupid thing or that dumb thing doesn't work. And, and, or, or we curse our life. We say, nothing ever works out right for me. I can't ever seem to get ahead. We say things and we don't realize that what we say actually has an effect upon our lives. And, um, and I, I just, you know, I, I don't like to talk about what the devil's doing. And, um, but there's a real demonic thing involved in a lot of this stuff. And, and we, I really believe that we need to um, just take, a, take authority and just speak uh, 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 an end to these, uh, this unrest and speak a blessing over those who are trying to, to, um, to work to bring it to, an, to, to a good conclusion. And uh, th- those two things. And so would you stand with me and just let's just pray. And, uh, you know, the Bible says... His ears are open to our prayers. And I want you to, I want you to as you're standing there, just uh, you know, speak against these riots, or I don't like to call them riots, whatever, this unrest, and, and speak a blessing over those that are uh, working to bring this to a close. How many know that we, um, that we have help? We have angelic help. Amen. Um, uh, we have angels around our own lives, but we have angels that respond to our prayers. And so let's pray. God, we just thank you right now as a body of believers, Lord. We just, we just thank you that you allowed us to live in this nation. We're so grateful, Lord. We don't take it for granted, all the blessings and all the goodness that you bestowed upon us. And Lord, right now, uh, you know what's going on in our nation, Lord. And we just, we just say a word against this unrest, uh, this this uh, uh, lawlessness, Lord, whatever you want to call it, we just say a word against it right now, and we speak against it in Jesus' name. And we just declare in the name of Jesus that this unrest will stop, that it will be exposed, all the agitators will be exposed and be brought to justice. And this, this unjustness that's been uh, perpetrated in this, uh, in this situation will come to an end now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And Lord, we just speak a blessing over those that are working, that are, are, are working so hard to bring law and order and to bring peace. We just speak a blessing over them right now, that their hands would be strengthened, that Lord, you would give, even give them a, a wisdom, Lord, in what they should do, Lord. We just pray for the leaders, Lord, in this situation, that they'll know what to do. We speak, we speak that they know what to do in this situation, that they'll receive heavenly wisdom now. Hallelujah. And we just thank you, God, for it right now. And, and we just pray a blessing over uh, your people, Lord, as they work so hard to do your will on the earth. Hallelujah. We just thank you for that. We agree now on that. Everybody agree, say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning. Uh, this is Pentecost Sunday. And, uh, and so I titled this message, Let the Fire Fall. Let the fire fall. And um, I, uh, I, I heard this story one time that maybe a lot of you have never heard, but in Yosemite National Park, which is in California, for almost 100 years, what they would do is the rangers would go out into the park and they would collect all the dead wood. 
and they would pile it on a, a granite cliff in the park. And then one week out of the year, when the, well, all the people were visiting the park, they would light this huge pile of wood on fire. And then the people that were standing by, they would scream out, let the fire fall. So let's say that together. Let's say it okay. One, two, three. I don't know. I wasn't uh, persuaded that you were. Let's try it one more time. Okay, I'll just let you. I'm not going to tell you. You should raise your volume, but I'm just going to. But what they would do is they would say at a certain time, it was the key. They'd see the bulldozers or whatever, and everybody would shout out. I felt that. That was good. And so what would happen is they would actually, when, 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 the, when the thing was burnt up, when the when the wood was all burnt up, bulldozers would come and push the coals and the ashes off this cliff, and it would create a waterfall of fire. We'd create a waterfall of fire. And I got a picture. Can you see it there? It's kind of, that's kind of what it looks like. There, look at there. There it is right there. That's a, that's a literal picture of it right there. It would create a water, waterfall of fire, and people would stand, thousands of people would stand, and watch that waterfall of fire. I, um, and so I, I use that phrase, let the fire fall, because this is Pentecost Sunday. How many knew that? Pentecost Sunday. And I thought this is an appropriate uh, message to bring at this particular time. Um, and, and what happened, you know, really that phrase, when the fire falls or the fire fell or whatever, has been used throughout history to describe revivals. When they talk about a certain revival, they'll say it's the night or the day or the period of time when the fire fell. And they talk about what it was, was people having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and in that encounter with the Holy Spirit, there was a deep work that was done in their hearts, purging them from sin, purging them from evil, but the other side was empowering them for service empowering them for service. You know, what Jesus did was he put the Christian life at a level or a plateau that it's impossible to live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit, without the help of the Holy Spirit. And so God intended for all of us to experience a Pentecost. He, he intended all of us to experience a Pentecost. You know, it's interesting, you know, when I was first saved, I got saved, um, when I was uh, 17 years old, and uh, it's a long story, but I got saved, and about two or three weeks after I got saved, I, I was, went over to a friend of mine's house, and uh, his, his dad was a Christian, and his dad was kind of a lay minister, and, and him and his son, my friend, had been arguing, my, this father and his son had been arguing, so I kind of walked in on an argument, and so the, what they were arguing about was my friend was convinced we didn't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Spirit. And his father said, you need to be filled with the Spirit. So they were arguing about this. And so um, I walked in on that, and so he started in on me. You need to be filled with the Spirit. And I go, no, I don't want, I don't want to be filled with the Spirit. You need, because I had read some of the, I won't tell you who I read, but I'd read it and I just didn't think it was for me or it wasn't necessary or whatever. And so I just said, no. No, I don't want. I don't want to be filled with spirit. Yeah, you need to be filled. He kept kept bugging me. I just finally we left, and I go, "What's up with your dad?" He goes, "Oh, he gets something in his head. You know, he won't let up. You know, blah blah blah." And so that was like a Friday night. So Saturday, Sunday night, we you know Sunday morning, Sunday night, we went to church. 
Well, the custom was in our church, especially on Sunday night, that after the service, the pastor would say, there's a prayer room open in the back if you'd like to go pray. So we always went back. There was a huge room, and, uh, and it, was a, it was a prayer room. And so I went there, and they had benches everywhere, and that you knelt down to pray. And so I went there, and I, after I'd got, have gotten saved, I would go every su- Sunday night, I would go back there, and I would pray. And so I went back there, and I was praying. And I was just saying, dear Lord, you know, I was just doing my deal. And, uh, and all of a sudden, this guy, I feel these hands lay on my, my back of my head and my shoulder. And, and I hear this prayer, fill him with the Holy Ghost. And it was my friend's dad. And I thought to myself, I actually got mad. I said, I just told this guy I didn't want it. And now he's the nerve of that guy. I mean, I was really getting upset, you know. And he just kept going, fill, fill him with the Holy Ghost. Fill him with the Holy Ghost. And, uh, uh, and saying, receive the Holy Spirit. You know, he kept saying that. And, uh, you know, I thought I had all I needed. I mean, I don't know if you ever felt like that, but I thought, because I was kind of a little bit of spiritual pride, you know, because, um, and I felt like I had everything I needed. I had it all. And because I had had, had a real encounter with Jesus when I got saved. And so I was getting, I, I felt like almost like a little bit insulted that he was saying that I didn't really have enough. And I'm going, I have as much as you. And this is my thinking. You know, I'm thinking that in my head. He's going, fill it with it. Receive the Holy Spirit. But you know what happened as I was kneeling there? And I'm not in a receiving mood. And that's why I don't understand how this happened. Because I was not. It, it goes against all my biblical theology that I've learned over the years. And I was not in a receiving mood. But all of a sudden, I started to feel this presence come over me. And it was, I mean, I thought, wow, I'm feeling something here. And all of a sudden, the next thing I know, it, I'm, and I don't know how I transitioned from feeling this presence to being on my back with my hands in the air, laying flat on my back with my hands in the air, speaking in this language that I had never learned. And, um, but what happened to me at that moment was that experience, and it was an experience, profoundly affected my life. It profoundly affected, uh, you know, giving me victory over sin and also it affected my boldness in being a witness for Jesus. And so I'm someone that's sold on this, okay? Years later, I was, um, years later, I worked for the Billy Graham Association because I I believe that Billy Graham is a man of God. Well, actually he's in heaven now, but, and I respected him a great deal. But I was kind of naive because I was raised in a full gospel church. When we say full gospel, do you understand what I mean by that? I mean, I was raised in Souls Harbor in Minneapolis. It was a charismatic church. We basically were assemblies of God. And, uh, and so that's what I was raised in. But I was, never, I was never locked in. I was never engaged. And so I was, you know, I, I just kind of, I was an observant, observer. You know, I just observed what they all did. And I didn't sing along and... Half the times I cut church and, and did bad things. I won't go into that right now. But, um, but the thing is, is that, uh, so I didn't know. I mean, I knew they, they believed in being spirit-filled and speaking in tongues, but I didn't really, you know, it didn't register on me. So when I went to the work for the Billy Graham Association, I just thought they're all Christians there. They all believe in being spirit-filled and speaking with tongues. I just, I thought they all did. And so one night, or one day, I came into work. I was so excited because we had an evangelist at our church, and he had an altar call, and we had a pretty large church. He had an altar call, and he had probably 
several hundred people responded to the altar call. And then he said, we're going to have a, a, mall, uh, a, a kind of a, a, how do you say it, a, a, a general or, that's not the right word, but a, a kind of everybody get baptized in the Spirit all at once. A group or a, a whatever, a baptism of the Spirit. Mass, mass. Not in the Catholic sense, but mass. <laughs> mass baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that wasn't a cut on the Catholics. Don't, don't say that. But and so I, 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 I said that. And so, uh, so, he, I, so I was so excited because I, I went back there and I was helping to pray. And all these people, man, they're getting baptized in the Spirit all around me. I'm going, this is awesome. I was just so excited. I could hardly stand it. So I had all these friends at the Billy Graham Association. And we had talked about spiritual things every day. Uh, for a long, you know, months. And so I go there, I go, you won't believe what happened last night. And they go, what? We had these people get saved. Hundreds came forward and they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And their facial expression showed that they weren't as excited about it as I was. <laughs> and they go, what? Well, they had the Holy Spirit when they received Christ. I said, no, no, they got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They, they, they received Christ, but, but, but then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They received the infilling of the Spirit. And they were looking at me like I was a foreigner or an alien from another planet. I'm going, what are you talking about? So what happened then was that started about a six-month debate during lunchtime, during breaks, where I, cont I contended with them about this experience that I had. Finally, I said to them one day, I said, you know, you're trying to talk me out of an experience that I have that's biblical. It's not a, I mean, I'm, I'm not real for experiences that are not biblical, but I said, I have a biblical experience just like the early church had, and you're trying to talk me out of it. And they said, yeah, it does seem like we are doing that, doesn't it? I go, yeah. I said, if you don't want it, that's, I mean, that's up to you, but I'm saying uh, it's, it's in the Bible, and it happened to me. And, uh, and I've seen hundreds of people, personally, I've laid hands on hundreds of people all over the world and seen them baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so what I'm trying to say to you is that it's something that God wants you to have. He wants you to be filled with the Spirit. And uh, whether, whatever you think about the thing about tongues is a totally different thing. We'll talk about maybe in a little bit here. But I can't believe my time's almost up. Can you take a little longer? Okay, I haven't even opened my, I haven't got to my first verse yet. But I just want to set, set that stage for you. But I want you to turn to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 through 4. It says, on the day of Pentecost, I want to read this out of the, the, um, the Passion Translation. And, and if you're watching online, don't send me an email about the Passion Translation. On the day of Pentecost, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled. Now, Pentecost was a feast of the Jews. The word Pentecost means 50. So that means it was 50 days after Passover. The feast of Passover uh, was where Jesus Christ died. After his death, he appeared to his disciples for 40 days. It says he was seen by them for 40 days. It says he appeared to 500 people after his resurrection. And so for 10 days, 40 to 40 days, after 40 days, he didn't appear anymore. For 10 days, they didn't see him, but they waited because he told them to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power 
from on high. So they waited 10 days in Jerusalem in the upper room. And, uh, and so when the day of Pentecost, again, a feast of the Jews, was fully come, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. I like that, out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could hear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues that, a fire that engulfed each one of them. I like that. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of the, the, uh, the disciples in the upper room being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It looks like they got a little Bic lighter on there. You ever seen that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> I mean, you can clearly see that the guy who painted this picture did not have an encounter with the Holy Ghost. You don't go, bing, like that. I mean, but I like this. I like this. Listen, is it up there? Listen to what this says. It says, the tongue separated, uh, it separated into tongues of fire that engulfed, engulfed each one of them, engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now, you know, somebody asked me one time, and I've had people say this to me. Well, I understand, and I'm, I'd accept the, the, the empowering of the Spirit, but it's that tongues business that bugs me. Have you ever had anybody say that? That's what they, I've had that people say that to me a lot. What you want me to do <laughs> is you want me to speak in a language I never learned. I'm not doing that. I'm not a crazy person. And I have to admit that, you know, if I was going to pick a sign if I was going to pick an evidence, I don't know if I'd have picked this one. But here's the problem. God did not ask me. I did not write this. I did not orchestrate this. In fact, I had nothing whatsoever to do with this. Whatsoever. This is God's design. Now, some people say, well, why did he do that? Well, first of all, one thing is that he, it's a prophetic fulfillment because in Zephaniah chapter 3, in verse 9, God promised that he would return to the people a pure language, a pure language. And the idea behind that is that, you know, at the Tower of Babel, the, the language, because the people, everything they thought, everything they imagined was evil, and they, and they kind of incorporated one purpose, and it was all evil. So what God did was God shattered the language and scattered the people. But he said, I'm going to return to them a pure language. So a pure language is a language that is not affected by selfishness. Because the thing about when I talk and when you talk, all, everything that we say comes out of us. We, we imagine it, we conjure it up, we put the words together, and we speak it out. And so it's always affected by our humanness, humanity. But this language does not come from you. It comes out of you. You speak it, but the Holy Spirit inspires you to speak it. How many can see what I'm saying? So it's actually a pure language. And on the day of Pentecost, when they, when they spoke these different languages, what they did was they were languages that people understood. 
So in other words, there were, I'm sure there was a Norwegian there. There might have even been a Swede. I, I don't know about that, but maybe. I, f I feel like telling you a Norwegian-Swede joke right now, but I'm not going to because we're a lot more sensitive society now. And a Swede might get offended. <laughs> Actually, I'm part Swede, but I don't, I don't tell people that. <laughs> but but um, the, the point is, what was my point anyways? Oh, and so they were, they were speaking. I got to be careful. The older you get, don't do sidetracks. I can't remember where I was. The older you, so what happened was, forget about the older. So what he was saying here was that they spoke in languages. Now, I've actually had this happen where I spoke out in a tongue and somebody understood what I was saying. I spoke in their dialect. And they, I mean, I didn't know what I was saying. One time we were here, and, some, we, and I, I think it was me, I spoke out in a tongue, and, and the person came up and said, you were speaking Spanish. And I don't know Spanish. I know a few words. I know taco. <laughs> and I know burrito. <laughs> and my kids told me how to say where, ask where the bathroom was, but I forgot it now. <laughs> but I... I I mean, I know very few words, but she, they said I was speaking Spanish. But the point that I'm making, that's what happened on the day of Pentecost, is that they spoke in these languages. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and the Holy Spirit began to give them utterance to speak in languages. Okay? And so that's what happened. Now, why does the Holy Spirit do this? What's this all about? Well, it's very important that we understand how important in our, uh, in our lives the Holy Spirit is. You know, Jesus, if, and I don't have time to go through this because my time is almost up, but, well, it is actually up, but, but when Jesus was on the earth, he, he, he came to the end of his ministry in the Gospel of John especially, and he was almost giddy. I, I don't want, that's the wrong word. He was excited about going away. He would say, I'm gonna go away. And if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will come. But if I go, I'm going to send him to you. And when he has come, he says, he, he'll be someone just like me. And he's, he's going to duplicate. This is what he say. He's going to duplicate the, my ministry through you. He's going to duplicate my ministry through you. He's going to show you what to do. The works I do, you'll do too, because he's going to help you do them. Somebody goes, are you sure about that? Yeah, let me show you. Turn over here to John chapter 14. Well, let's read this verse first. Where is it? Turn to John, uh, John chapter uh, 14, yeah. John chapter 14, he says this. In verse 12, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. And then a couple verses down, he goes, And I will pray the Father... When he goes to the Father, I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. That little phrase right there, whom the world cannot receive, is a very important phrase. He said, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. How many know he's talking about the Holy Spirit? I'm going to pray the Father. He's going to give you another helper, someone just like me. The Greek is very clear, someone just like me. See, a lot of times, I mean, I admit it, I, I, I feel this way too. We, want, we would love to be there when Jesus was alive. 
I mean, come on. I don't care who you are. You, you would want to be. I mean, I, 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 lo- I love the Holy Spirit, but it's fun to see flesh and, you know, you know what I mean? To, I would love to have been there. I don't know how I would have done, but I would have loved to have been there. I'd like to say I'd have been, you know, right there, but, you know, you, whatever. But, but, but here, Jesus is saying that I'm going to send you someone just like me. And he's going to be in, uh, he says, the world can't receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will come to you in the Holy Spirit. I will come to you by the Holy Spirit. The same is three, uh, not three gods, but one God divinely manifested in three persons. The person, he's a person of the Holy Spirit. I will come to you. And so then he said in verse 12, the works that I do shall you do also. Think about that for a second. Someone goes, yeah, but he says greater works and that's salvation. But he still said the works that I do shall you do also. How will you do these works? You'll do it because of the Holy Spirit. You'll do it because Jesus never did a work. Some people, you know, they they talk about, well, Jesus probably did signs and wonders before he was age 30. No, there's no record of it. And I don't buy any writings that say that he might have. He didn't do any works as far as I'm concerned because the Bible says he didn't do any works. And then after the Holy Spirit came upon him at the River Jordan, he began to do works, these works. And then he said, these works that I do, you'll do. Think about that just for a second. So first of all, there has to be this encounter with Jesus or in, and with the Holy Spirit. So first, an encounter with Jesus in salvation. And then there's an encounter with the Holy Spirit in the baptism of the Spirit. They're not the same thing. Sometimes they can happen simultaneously, but they're not the same. Listen to that very clearly. Because, you know, it, when the early church preached, they didn't go up to sinners and say, would you like to receive the Holy Spirit? There's no record of anybody preaching that went up to a sinner and said, would you like to receive the Holy Spirit? What they brought, what they brought to sinners was, would you like to receive Christ? He died for you. He has a plan for your life. That's why I always say it like this, that Christ is God's gift to the sinner. Christ is God's gift to the sinner. When the sinner receives Christ, he's born again. He has a spiritual rebirth. But the Holy Spirit is God's gift to his children. In other words, you have to be a Christian to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Even though there's a work of the Spirit in salvation, there's a work of the Spirit, you're born of the Spirit, but to actually, it's not called receiving the Spirit, it's called receiving Christ. Receiving the Holy Spirit is separate. It's something that only Christians qualify for. Amen. Amen. Only Christians qualify for you know, it's interesting, in Luke chapter 11, I'm just going to jump to the conclusion here. Luke chapter 11, in verse 11 through 13, it says this, If a son asks for a, for a bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? The answer, of course, is no. Then jump down to verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your father, heavenly father, Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Notice that this is not, this is a father-son relationship he's talking about here. And the only way a person can become a child of God where God is their father is if they receive Christ. 
Amen? You have to receive Christ first. When you receive Christ, you're born again. You have a spiritual rebirth. And that puts you in a place, in a position to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is called receiving the Holy Spirit. You know, and so when you go through the New Testament, in the book of Acts, especially, you'll find that when they preach the sinners, they preach the work of the cross. They preach what Jesus did. They preach salvation. Like Acts 8 says that Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Why did he preach Christ to them? Because they were sinners. And because they were sinners, he didn't preach the Holy Spirit. He preached Christ. And the Bible says they got saved and they were water baptized. And then later, John and Peter, Peter and John came down there and laid hands on them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They were just baptized in the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 19... Uh, Paul went down to Ephesus, the town of Ephesus, the city, and he found certain disciples there, and he asked them, had they received the Holy Spirit since they believed? So they were already believers. They were called disciples of Christ. And they said they hadn't heard of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he laid his hands on them. They spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, it's something that all of us need to experience and it is a gift. It's like anything else. A gift is something that we receive by faith. We take hold of it. Just like salvation. God doesn't save you without your permission. God doesn't save you. Uh, you don't walk down the street one day, do 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 and all of a sudden, boom, I'm saved. It doesn't work that way. Somebody has to tell you the gospel message. Has to tell you that you're as lost as a goose in a snowstorm. And you have no hope of heaven whatsoever. If you died right now, you'd split hell wide open. But Jesus died for you. And he, he provided a way that you could be forgiven. And you could come to know him. And you had to hear that message and say, I want to receive Christ. And then you respond to that message in faith. And when, when you pray, you, you believe that you received your salvation. And you're a child of God. If you died, you'd go to heaven. It's wonderful. But there's another gift that your loving Heavenly Father has for you. He is a loving Heavenly Father. He cares about you passionately. He has another gift for you. It's called the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, but again, the same way, you have to receive it by faith. And I've prayed, like I said, for hundreds of people to receive the Holy Spirit and see them baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so this morning is Pentecost Sunday. Yes. Amen. Yes. Let the fire fall. Yes. <laughs> Someone goes, well, I already have the Holy Spirit, so I don't need any more. What a dumb thing to say. <laughs> wow. It's, it's amazing you got here today. <laughs> How did you find your way here? <laughs> I mean, come on, people. Are you trying to tell me that's all you need? I don't know a person on earth, that's all they need. I mean, uh, it's a wonderful thing to receive the Holy Spirit, but that's not all there is. I mean, even in the early church, after they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, a couple chapters later, they're having a prayer meeting. It says, the whole building started shaking. Woo! And then it says, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, so they got another dose. <laughs> it's all right to get another dose. Some of us need another dose. Not, not here, some people out there. They need another dose. And there's, 
there's not an, there, there is an endless supply, an endless provision that God has for you. Amen? So let's all stand up together. Now, some people say, have said to me, see, I, I used to con- argue about this, like I said, for months. And so I don't know if there, there might be an argument I haven't heard. I don't think there is, because I heard them all. And, um, but, but, of course, the issue a lot of times is tongues. So what is the benefit of speaking in tongues? So Paul said, like one of them told me, well, it's all, the only benefit is, is that it's a sign to the Jews. So they want to know, if somebody spoke in tongues, was there a Jew there? If there wasn't a Jew there, then it was out of order. And I'm going, oh, please, really? But Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. It says, he who speaks in a tongue, in an unknown tongue, edifies himself. He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Turn to your neighbor, neighbor, don't touch him. Stay six feet away and tell him, edifies himself. Just say that, edifies himself. So let me ask you a question. Do you need to be edified? Then you need this. Amen? If you need to be edified, then you need this. Now I got people moving everywhere. What are you doing up here? <laughs> it's my son, oldest son. Okay, be nice. Oh, that's right. We got to be nice. Though. We're glad you're up here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me, Lauren. But let's, let's, let's just pray together here before I close, and then the worship team will get ready to sing. But... Let me ask you a question here. Just bow your heads for a moment. Just be in an attitude of prayer and just listen to my question. Is there anybody here this morning that if you died right now, you don't know where you'd go? You don't know if you'd go to heaven or you go to hell. You don't know. You are uncertain about your eternal destiny. But you'd like to know for sure this morning that if you died, you'd go to heaven. And you'd like me to pray for you because I'd be glad to pray for you. If that's you, you don't know for sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. Just slip your hand up so I can see it, so I know who to pray for. Is there anybody? Anybody at all? You don't know for sure if you died right now that you'd go to heaven. Okay, so everybody knows. Everybody, that's good. I was hoping for that. That's awesome. Let me ask you another question. So if you're a child of God, That means you've had a spiritual rebirth. You've been born again. That's awesome. You were born again because you believed on Christ. You received Christ into your life. You were born again. That's awesome. You're ready for heaven. But there's another gift God has for you. Salvation is a gift. Christ is called the heavenly gift. But there's another gift God has for you, and that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. That's a gift God has for you. Is there anybody here in this room that you have never been baptized with the Holy Spirit and spoken other tongues and you'd like to? Would you slip your hand up so I could see it? You've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you'd like to. Okay, God bless you. Anybody else? Never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking? God bless you. Anybody else? Never been baptized, God bless you. Anybody else? 
never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, but you'd like to. Anybody else? All right. I just want to make sure that I'm I, talking to the right crowd. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank God they received this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. This is Magna's last Sunday. We just pray, Lord, we just pray a blessing on Magna right now, God. Lord, we, we just pray, Lord, what you started. I claim the promise in Philippians chapter 1 where you said the good work that you started, that you will not stop until you finish it. I declare that good work that you started in her, you will not, you will not stop until you finish it, Lord. You perfect that which, you, which concerns her, Lord, that you bring to pass every good thing in her life, Lord, that you guide and direct her lives, Lord, that she'll be a shining light wherever she goes. We declare that you'll fill her with boldness as she goes to her homelands, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. God's good, huh? Amen. How many glad you came to church? Was it, risk, was it worth risking your life to come here? <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but we have some prayer counselors here. If you'd like to be, be prayed for about anything else, please join us up front here, and uh, they'd be glad to pray about anything. I'd love to tell you that we got refreshments, but we don't unless there's somebody brought some ding-dongs or ho-hos. But anyways, but please uh, uh, be safe and uh, just be, be continue to declare that uh, we have peace in our state and that people that are fighting for uh, law and order, that they are protected. They are protected. The angel of the Lord encamp around abouts them and that this thing has come to an end. It's come to an end. It ends. Amen. And so uh, just stand in faith for that. We love you guys. It sure has been rough not seeing you. You're a good looking bunch of people. Let me tell you, you're a sight for sore eyes. In fact, I think you should tell somebody you're a sight for sore eyes. I don't even know what that means, but, but so wonderful, absolutely wonderful to be together. And I just feel God's presence here. And uh, anything can happen. Praise God. So, um, so next week we'll be back here again. And uh, we'll be excited to see you again. But God bless you. May God's presence go with you. God's peace be upon your life. And may you be, have another Pentecost. Amen. That's where we're going. Our, our motto is what? Oh, come on. Dave's... <laughs> Come on! Our motto is what? Amen. Praise God. God bless you all. You're free to go.